0: It's Robin Hood. Robin, Robin, help my family out. I can't even afford a loaf of bread.
1: Certainly, sir, for I am Robin Hood, protector of the masses. I steal from the rich and give to the poor. <laughs> Tell me your name then. I'm Nigel Puttock, sire. Occupation?
0: A peasant, sire.
1: And what was your last year's earnings before tax and deductions?
0: I, I, I don't rightly really know, sire. Is it important?
1: It's very important. can't just give it away to anybody who says there, Paul. What kind of system would that be? It would be open to abuse left, right and centre. But, sire, I haven't eaten in days. Well, you say that, but how do I know for sure? That's why we have these forms. Process, procedure, very important in an operation like this. Now take this and fill it out and make an appointment with the department.
0: But, sire, I can't read or write. I can't fill out a form.
1: Well, that may be your downfall, my good man. Try phoning the number on the back. Eh? Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get back to the office and do officey things. Oh. <laughs> Listeners may also like to know that, as part of our all inclusive policy, this programme is available online, on Freeview, on demand, and on Braille Papyrus for blind Egyptologists. And you know, I love the rich, almost black colour in this ring. Yes, it is a stunning gemstone colour, and set against that white gold is the perfect engagement gift. Just 78 of these left now, so get dialing if you don't want to miss out on an absolute bargain at twelve ninety-nine. So Charmaine, this stone is so unique! Ah, uh, it is, yes. What is it? Amazonite? Tanzanite? No, it's a new gemstone to the market, in fact. It's called um, Marmite, which I'm told is very difficult to mine.
2: Really? The Cats Protection League needs your help now. For just $2 a month, we can make sure your precious little ball of fluff comes to no harm. That's just $2 a month to the Cats Protection League for complete peace of mind. But we can't be responsible for what might happen to Mr. Sniffy. And we're looking now at John Mosgrove lining up the queue. To put away the black for a grand prize of two hundred and twenty five thousand pounds, and the silence is culpable.
1: Uh, I think you'll find, John, that uh, that's palpable.
2: Well, I think you'll agree that he doesn't really deserve to win quite so much for hitting a ball into a hole with a stick, so culpable will do me just fine. Fair dues, John. John Musgrove, then, for the easiest pickings of a lifetime scumbag Yup. oh and he's missed it <laughs> <laughs> yes serves you right my son serves you right
0: so mr presley <laughs> not actually dead then eh i
1: uh-huh. uh-huh.
0: well, can usually tell uh-huh. In your case, I had to check the uh, dental records. Mm-hmm. You'll understand about records, I expect. Now, uh... <laughs> yeah, undisputed key of rock and roll, I understand.
1: <laughs>
0: Good. Mm-hmm. You'll be needing the gold crown, then. <laughs> Hold still. Mm-hmm. I uh... I, I went to see Graceland's with the missus actually, uh, uh-huh. didn't like the look of the pluck though. <laughs> uh-huh. Nearly done. Uh-huh. You may have to go easy on the cakes for a while. Uh-huh. Okay, I think you can rinse out now.
1: Uh-huh. Thank you very much. And to join us now at the British Fisherman's Evolutionary Competition. As Contestant number nine takes the judge's question.
2: Hello, mate. Have you caught anything? Chub.
1: Oh, it's a chub from number nine and uh, number ten now. Remember, the judge can use up to five questions.
2: Any luck, mate. Burs.
1: And that's another monosyllable. So far we've had trout, bream, roach, pike, carp, dace, perch and uh, eel. Then a chub and now a bass there. Now contestant number twelve. Will it be ten, I wonder? These judges are looking for something more than a single syllable, which you wouldn't really expect. Since the earliest prehistoric sludge, the hunter gatherer fisherman has been reluctant to utter more than a single grumpy syllable, but now it's the turn of Rod Briggs. What can he do? The judge is just quietly approaching.
2: What do you call it, mate? You, 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 you. Oh. You, 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 is he going
1: you, you for it?
2: Good Good job! Good job! That's fantastic. Good job! Good Hello, I'm joined in the studio today by something of a national treasure. The Guardian critic once described him as an astonishingly timeless actor. While well, the son asks, can these performances get any better? Here's the iconic Radio 4 Archers child actor, Jimmy Kidd. Jimmy, welcome to the studio. Thank you. So, uh, I mentioned that son article. Uh, uh, can the acting get any better? No. Now, y- you've played a variety of roles in The Archers, even playing multiple characters in one memorable episode when you were both or all of David and Ruth's children, I forget how many they're on, uh, And the uh, bratish Jamie Perks, and also the super brat goat belonging to Linda Snell, is that right? Yes. Of course, as always, the danger of playing such crucial roles is that you become typecast as the perfect monosyllabic archer's child recorded in some other, may I say, inferior acoustic location, and edited in to make the listener wish they too had children who never butted into conversations pestering for the latest Nintendo. Is that something that bothers you?
0: No, I can do
2: sentences. Now, your performances have been variously critiqued as ranging through a vast spectrum of emotion, from wooden right through to downright unnerving. Uh, Who do you draw your inspiration from? Mummy. Mummy? I want to draw now. Well, on that marvellous soliloquy, we have to bring this interview to a close now, so it just remains for me to... No, I don't want to. I'm sorry, did you just... Don't ever interrupt me. So, it just remains for me to say, Jimmy Kidd, thank you for being my studio guest today, and, of course, we wish the archers our very best of luck in finding replacement. Right, it's time to say goodbye now, Jimmy.
0: Mm, I want to... Mm.
3: Larissa, I've got something to say. I don't think it's really working out between us do you? I mean we've been together for quite a while and I just think well. To be quite honest, I find you a bit, well, boring. How am I boring? George, what do you mean? Well it's just, well you never seem to show any kind of emotion. Flip. You can talk, mister. I happen to be a very passionate woman. Yes. I get about as much passion from you as I do from a fridge freezer. There you go then. What is your problem? Well, it's just, well take last week when we went to the salsa class. I love salsa. But you don't. You don't even express it in your voice. Oh, and like you do I suppose. I'm telling you, I really, really, really love salsa. I have the hottest Latino blood imaginable. Yeah maybe but- But, what? You think I'm a crappy dancer? No. What then? Oh I get it. You fancy that new girl. With the red shoes. It's got nothing to do with the shoes. Well what then? Well it's your voice. It gets on my nerves. Ahahaha. Ahahaha. hoohoo Sniff sniff sniff. Ahahaha. Ahahaha. Sniff sniff. How? Can you say such a horrible thing? I'm sorry. It's just, I need a change. Oh, like, you're kinda sexy, babe. Is that it?
2: Hey, hey,
0: Ruvan, baby. It all happened so sadly. I was just lying there, soaking up the atmosphere. You know, <laughs> the next thing I know, I felt a sharp pain go right through me, and then a second time, and then a third, and on it goes. Today I died. <laughs> I don't like being a cucumber.